0: There is much we can learn from history. There's much we can learn from salvation history, especially history as it given to us uh, by the writers of the Old Testament, as well as the Gospel that we hear today. There's much we can learn. And what can we learn if we look at the Old Testament today? Uh, what we have is this. We have David who ruled for 40 years. Then his son, Solomon, assumed the, uh, the kingship, and he also ruled for 40 years. But the difficulty, though, is Solomon began with great wisdom and knowledge. He surrendered himself completely to God, and he was very faithful. And yet, towards the end, as you know, there were political decisions to be made, so he acquired other, other wives coming from different places to solidify the unity But then it wasn't just for political reasons, but all of a sudden he became uh, enamored by them or he wanted to please them, whatever he did, he all of a sudden began to build temples to the idols they worshiped. And not only the temples that they, that just temples, but temples in high places, places where it was visible from the temple of Jerusalem. So all of a sudden he, who started so well towards the end of his life, he began to betray, to betray the very uh, faith that he had, the very foundation of of the covenant relationship, he began to betray. Now we can see many parallels, perhaps even today, in our world of politics as well. People start well, but then seem to, for political reasons, for whatever they do, and they, they start betraying God, betraying the values, betraying our Christian faith. And for us we are ourselves as well. There's that always the temptation because we live in an environment which can lead us astray. So we have Solomon who introduced a type of idolatrous practices. So now his sons, he had many, many children, and one of his sons, even during his lifetime, his name was Jeroboam, he wanted to take over the kingdom. Of course, he, uh, you know, confronted by his father, he escaped to Egypt, went there. But after the death of, of Solomon, he returns and, and he becomes a leader of the northern part of, of the people of God. And, and what happens is that there's a there's a division. The kingdom divides. The 12 tribes divide into two parts, northern kingdom and southern kingdom. And so what we have today in our reading is the leader of the Northern Kingdom. Uh, he does not want people to go to Jerusalem because he's afraid that if they go to Jerusalem and worship God in Jerusalem, then they will possibly support the other king, you know, who's in charge of the southern kingdom, Rehoboam. And and so so that's the first thing. And Rehoboam, who's the king in 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 uh in, in the southern kingdom. Uh, he uh, continued the practices of, of high taxes, and so the Northern Kingdom didn't want to follow him. And so Re- Re- Jeroboam, the one in the Northern Kingdom, takes over, and the reason I mention these details because they're important. So what, he, what happens, he makes political decisions. He says, well, I'm not gonna let people go to worship in a temple in Jerusalem because they will start, you know, possibly supporting my opposition. And so he builds temple, two temples, in the Northern Kingdom, and, and, and it is very powerful when he says, he says uh, you know, he tells the people, first of all, he builds those two, te- two temples, and then he gets two golden calves to be part and partial of that worship, and then he says to the people, he says, you have been going up to Jerusalem long enough. Here's your God, O Israel, who brought you out from the land of Egypt. And so he put one in Bethel and the other in Dan, and this led to sin because the people frequented those calves in Bethel and Dan. And he also built temples on high places and made priests from among the people who were not Levites. Once again, not only did he build the temple, but he introduced new worship. He, he, he took people, you know, from the from the Old Testament, as we know, the covenant of the Mount, at Mount Sinai, and and the covenant was that the uh, the, the, the priest would be from one tribe, and there's one tribe of Levites. And so he changed all that. He did not include them. Anybody who wanted to be a priest was a priest. And so what he did is he introduced a rebellion against God. He began to introduce idolatrous practices for, for, for motivated by his own political reasons. And, and so what happens is here, he leads people into sin. It leads people into practices which are, which are contrary to the very relationship, uh, that covenant relationship. And so what happens is we have now the consequences, the consequences which we will see eventually come. And, and it, it lasted for several couple hundred years until, the, until ultimately to the destruction of not only the Northern Kingdom first and then subsequently even the Southern Kingdom We have to be afraid when people, for political reasons or other reasons, they lead us astray from God. They may have some reasons for doing it, to protect themselves, to protect their own, uh, you know, uh, uh, whatever you wanna call economic, perhaps even reasons, but they lead, lead people astray. This is what we have to be very careful. How can we protect ourselves from those who, who may and wish and desire for their own reasons to lead us astray from God. And so we live in this environment right now, in the world in which we, the way it is, there's so much secularism being pushed from every direction. And so how can we protect ourselves by drawing near to the Lord again and again, seeking his wisdom, seeking his, his knowledge, seeking ways of living according according to that covenant relationship which is we accept the Lord and we're faithful to him. He blesses us. If we step outside, if we are not faithful, then we, we, we do not have that protection, that anointing that is given by God protecting us. So we expose ourselves to all kinds of difficulties. Now, the second aspect today in our readings is the gospel itself. Look at what the Lord has done. He takes care of the people who have come. They've been with him for three days. In a, in a deserted place, they ran out of food already, and the Lord does not want them to go and perhaps not make it on their way because they don't have any place to purchase food or perhaps not even have the resources to, to buy food. And so the Lord is the one who, in extraordinary way, he multiplies these loaves, the seven loaves. He multiplies and feeds 4,000 people who are gathered there the Lord's kindness is manifested here by his tender heart, his loving heart. Not only does he care for their spiritual needs, but also for their physical needs, for the concrete needs as as we who are you know, human beings, we have both physical as well as spiritual needs. And so this is what we have. Now, I have to say this. I remember... When I was younger, I was studying, I was still in graduate school, and I took an overnight train, and the train got stuck, because there was a huge snowstorm, and there was a, you know, going through kind of a valley, you know, the drifts covered up the whole railroad, the rails, and so, as I realized later on, as we were going through, the snow was up to the windows, which was really there. But because of that, before the tracks were cleaned, we were there instead of a journey that was supposed to take place for about six hours. We ended up already being there for almost 24 hours. And, and sometimes after, you know, um, maybe 17, 16, 17 hours, people began to be hungry. At first there was enough food, in the train, but, but subsequently there was not. And so the people began to share. And I remember being in that compartment and there was this lady who says, Oh, I have a couple sandwiches. Would you want a little, something and then others had some snacks and everybody else had something else and we all of a sudden we had a full meal and it was that, that that lady who out of her kindness saw all of us yeah all of us were hungry and she wanted to to divide her sandwiches among those who were there and you know the kindness love for others creates the possibilities where God multiplies these gifts for us Yes, the Lord Jesus can do so in extraordinary way, but he also gives us the capacity to share, to, the capacity to share that which, we, which we, we, we have, and we have many things for one another. And so, first of all, the Lord is the one, as we hear today, he is, he is the one who teaches the truth, the truth of the gospel, the truth of who God is, the truth about what God has for us in store, what plans he has. It is the truth also of how God multiplies for us when we gather here at the shrine or every other church. He multiplies his body and blood, the Eucharist. He multiplies all these things for us. We are all, always fed and nourished by God, by His Word, by the Eucharist that's given to us. We never, we never are without the gifts that God wishes to have. And because He wants to protect us, He wants to protect us from the environment in which we live, from the secular environment, which, is, which has a powerful effect on us. But we have to know that we are always in danger because our values, which we hold, hold dearly, were are exposed to other things. We go to college, we go to other places. What do we learn? We learn all kinds of junk, which leads us astray from God. We fall into practices, poor practices, immoral practices. We begin to kind of question and doubt the very foundation of our faith. And so this is why the Lord is the one who's leading, is initiating, he's asking us to be with him, to follow him, to be with him. And you know, and today, as for all of you who are especially gathered for the virtual conference, healthcare professionals for Divine Mercy, here's another day that you have before you, where once again we offer these special, special conferences which are integrated. They are integrating the um, you know both medical science, uh, biomedical ethics, as well as spirituality. Why? As I mentioned yesterday, is because we as human beings are one. We, there's a unity in us. We have the spiritual dimension and we also have the physical dimension. And so when we are sick, when we are experiencing difficulties with health, what the way, it is not just that, you know, we are given just the medical procedures which are important, obviously, and or, or some form of a, you know, treatment plan that, that, that takes, takes care of us on the level, on the physical level. But the physical illness affects our spirit, spirit too, our emotions. We can get depressed. We can get down. We may even question God: Why does it? Why is this thing happening to me? So, so in order for us to to address the issues of the of of our being as a whole, as one, uh, we offer these conferences, which are accredited uh, for people, so that they may come to know, especially as healthcare professionals, they may come to know. The, the the absolute need to take care of the whole person, the whole person's needs. So yes, being in a hospital, a nurse, or maybe even doctor can say, are you in need of spiritual, spiritual resources? Should I get you a pastoral care person to come to you? Or maybe should I call a priest or maybe a, a minister of Holy Communion and he may bring you Holy Communion? Or perhaps would you wish that I would be praying with you? Obviously, it's always in freedom, but this in this way, it is addressing the needs of the person as a whole, and 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 that that's that's the purpose for these conferences. Which right now, this virtual conference is held for the 17th year. Uh, I, we didn't have a chance to do it in person, which we always like to do, because in person we also would not only offer the 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 the, the talks, you know, the w- wonderful talks, but also we we'll offer the possibility of people meeting each other, helping one another along the way. And also we offer the Eucharist confessions, the spiritual guidance. So it was like a like a special type of a of a moment for to be to to nourish the healthcare professionals. And as you know, that they've stretched themselves for us, especially during this pandemic. And we were very grateful to them. Many of them lost their lives treating others, helping others. And 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 so our gratitude goes out to them. We are to pray for them. We are to pray especially for them so that they may not also fall into trappings of, of secular values where they, they, they are led into doing practices which are absolutely against, against the commandments, you know, whether they help with the, uh, 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 you know, of for some form of a, or, or participate in, in in abortive practices or some other things which are not of God. Or, or even are, are forced to you know, participate in a phys- physician-assisted suicide, whatever it may be. These are the practices which go contrary to the to very teachings of our faith because they are contrary to the law of love, to take care of one another. If somebody is so depressed, they lost perspective on life, they are no longer, they feel no more motivation to continue living, then w- what happened here? what happened here is the lack of love, our love for them, to be with them. Because it's not just the pain, pain can be alleviated, but the pain of the heart cannot. The loneliness, the emptiness, the fear of being left alone or being neglected, whatever it may be that leads people to choose to end their life. In this way, we need to have healthcare people who really know and understand their role as not only caregivers for the physical components, but also components, spiritual components of each one of us. Maybe we then today, as we continue with this sacred liturgy, let us ask the Holy Spirit to guide us, that he may instruct, that he may inspire, that he may counsel us in the truth of our faith, that we may be always afraid of of, of being led astray by others without us we even realizing what what is going on to uh, in in our lives and above all we ask that through the power of the holy spirit that we who receive the word of god we who receive the eucharist that we may be strong in our witness that we may have the consolation and the knowledge of the truth that leads us into into heaven that leads us into the paradise that we all long for And then we need to bring as many people with us, not just ourselves. We need to bring all our loved ones, all the people who are right now in difficulties or wherever they go in the struggles of faith, that we may through our prayer, our example, our witness, and through by leading them into the sacramental life and prayer, that we may be able to lead them to God so that they also may participate in that fullness of joy forever.